stocks, bonds, ETFs, straight out of downtown Chicago. This is Zach's Market Edge. Welcome to Zach's Market Edge, the podcast about investing in your life. I'm your host, Tracy Reinick, and this week I'm joined by two of Zach's millennials, Danny McPherson, who you already know from our prior podcast. He's Zach's podcast producer and also a newbie on this show, Maddie Lowe, Zach's account manager. So welcome to both of you. And I think people can tell why you're on because I introduced you as Zach's Millennials. So yes, this is another podcast on millennials in our economy and in investing. And this time um, we're going to talk about a really interesting topic, which is millennials and retirement savings. Well, that sounds kind of boring now that I say it like that, like <laughs> retirement. No. It can be uh, a little boring. <laughs> it could be, um, but we won't make it so. Um, are they saving? What is helping them? What's hindering them out there? And just so you know, um, you might be thinking, why are you doing a millennial show on retirement? <laughs> Aren't they too young? Aren't they still living in their parents' basements? That's the common misconception about millennials. And if you think that, you're probably not aware that the oldest millennial now is going to be 37 this year. That's that's not so young anymore. I hope they're not still in their parents' basement at 37. That's what I was thinking when you were saying that. I was yeah. like, there's some old millennials out there. There are. Some might, some might have to be in California or places, high cost of living places. So they usually live in the garage there, though. There's no basements in California. Yeah, it's technically a... a- a rental apartment? It is. They converted. I've seen some nice garages out there, let me tell you. <laughs> but you do. they usually don't have a bathroom, though. You have to go into the main house, so that's kind of a drag. Yeah. But at least you're in a separate and yeah. you know building, usually. Just the high and by to mom and dad. You know? Right, right. <laughs> um, so, so, yes, the 37 is the oldest, and the youngest are about 19 to 20, depending on what your view of millennial is. But um, they're starting to age out here in the next generation, Generation Z is coming in there. So a lot has happened to this generation in just the last 10 years. Some of the millennials have graduated high school and college into the worst job market since the Great Depression. That was 10 years ago. And now many of them are graduating into the best job market in at least probably the last 20 years. And that makes such a huge difference. Also, obviously, the stock market is now booming. Some of the ones that graduated and or were maybe thinking of investing weren't going to do it 10 years ago. And now we've been in this upward market. And obviously, we keep hitting new highs over the last several years. So that's a big deal. So I do want to say that Danny and Maddie are both in their, let's just say, in their 20s. So you guys are kind of in the middle of your generation. You're not like the oldest. You're no longer the youngest. So I feel like this is a good representation of what might be happening in terms of saving for retirement um, and where you guys stand. So I do have to say I'm a Generation X. I've, I've revealed this in the past <laughs> on the show. So Generation X was the first generation that had to completely save in either 401ks or IRAs for their retirement. The baby boomers only later in their careers got the 401k and then they many of them still had pensions and other things. So Generation X kind of leading the way and now here's you guys millennials also doing it, but I feel like you have even more weapons at your disposal than even Gen X had. We only barely got online trading <laughs> in our 20s, and that's kind of kind of 
old fashioned now with all the other ways you can do it, even just on your phone now. Yeah. Without online trading, I don't think I would be doing any type of investing, to be honest. Okay. The ease of it has made it more appealing. Yeah. It's just something we can attack easier. So everything's attached to your bank accounts. You're It's all done by a click. You're not calling a broker. You're not... Yeah, imagine that calling a broker. Yeah, so it, it seems a little weird. I, I couldn't, yeah. I couldn't imagine. So it's a completely different world we're living in right now. Yeah. Um. So that should help you. So I looked at some stats about millennials too, and I found that four out of five of the millennials in some of the surveys don't believe there will be social security there when you retire. Is that true, Maddie? Do you think there will be social security? I'd say it's. It's really tough for me to project that far in the future, yeah. I think, because I am still pretty young and, and new to That would be like 40 savings. years from now. Right. Yeah. So <laughs> that's probably why I've, I've started investing for the future, because I, I know the money that I put into my account will be there. I think there's people of my generation who are both trusting of those systems and extremely not trusting, which is why there's things like online trading and yeah. uh, just these other options for saving. I know Generation X doesn't believe that Social Security will be there either. We haven't believed for like 20 <laughs> years. And it might be, and that would be like an added bonus. But nobody else except the baby boomers are assuming that Social Security will be there. So that's that's not good, I guess. But it is good in terms of, as you just said, then we're taking it upon ourselves to get ready. Mm-hmm. So that's really what we're talking about here. But I feel like millennials have a slightly different, even though the job market is good, it's different than the Generation X even because so many of the jobs might be kind of freelancer type jobs. Mm-hmm. They might even be like you might be doing several jobs part-timed kind of put put all together or it might be even like Uber or Lyft driver, that kind of thing where you're not getting a 401k. There's no usually some might offer it. But some companies I know like a Starbucks or something does have like a 401k option, but a lot of those types of jobs don't have that. So that really leaves it up to the millennials to um, set up their own IRA accounts. That's exactly what I did right out of college. Um, I was looking at freelancing and I set up the, the Roth IRA exactly for that reason because I knew I wasn't going to have that reliable place to put that money that yeah. I earn. Now, how did you go about setting it up? Was it easy? You don't have to tell us like what you use mm-hmm. if you don't want to, but... What did you find it like? Oh, yeah, this is really easy to just get an account and uh-huh. start. Yeah, well, I think I am a typical millennial, or at least the way people perceive millennials, because uh, my parents had already been involved in wealth management and savings. Okay, so they they knew what to do and how to help me, and uh, I just used the platform that they use. Okay, so I had the the knowledge that they had already gained by being investors for years, so I was able to use their same company to open my own account. Um, nice. and, it, and it was very easy, yeah, to get it funded, just to meet with an advisor even briefly. You know, I don't see them ever or right. talk to them ever, but right. just to get it started, it was very simple. I was surprised. How did you determine what to put the money in? Was that from talking to the advisor or? Yeah, it was from talking to ad- the advisor. I'm not very interested in taking risk, especially because I want a long-term growth strategy, which means I, you know, I'm okay with it moving slowly. So yeah, we just talked to the advisor. We put it in um, a money market fund. Okay. Yeah. Good. What would you say are, would you consider yourself kind of typical of your friends and 
other millennials that you are? Because that sounds really forward thinking that you started that (laughs) young and that, you know, all we hear about is, oh, the student loans and Mm -hmm. the living in the basement thing and the cost of living in general in a lot of major cities where millennials tend to kind of flock to for their careers. Mm -hmm. Are you out of the norm, I guess, is the question. It's an interesting question because I think millennials are uncomfortable talking about money, especially with each other. And, and largely because of that, like gigging economy, a lot of millennials find themselves in. Yeah. And, the, and everybody has different student loan debt levels and right. situations. So again, I got to give all the, the credit to my parents in a very millennial fashion uh, because I didn't graduate with a lot of debt. And I had parents that were interested in my success as someone saving money for the long term. So I think I'm probably atypical in that I've I've been set up really well just with knowledge. And I got started, which I think is the main advice I would give to millennials is to start. Yeah. Because the longer you've been saving, the more money you'll have saved. Yeah. I wanted to go over some of those stats because um, in these kind of uh, retirement discussions, they always come up. But it is worth repeating as someone who is older now, Mm -hmm. (laughs) and I don't have the benefit of time, which is what all the millennials, even the Mm 37-year-olds have, is that time is really your friend in retirement investing, and it really compounds the money. So I saw some stats. So if you were to start at age 25, and this, this example puts 450 a month in, which is a lot of money, but they put 450 in a tax deferred account. So that would be like the 401k and it earned 7% over a couple of decades on average, you would have 1.1 million by 65. If you waited until you were 35, you'd have to save $950 a month with those same goals and a percentage gain. And then if you waited until you were 45 to start, you'd have to save $2,200 a month to get to that 1.1 million. But I saw a little more encouraging numbers from Susie Ormone the other day. Um, And she said that if you put $100 a month at age 25 into a Roth IRA, she doesn't say how much you're gaining on that. I have a feeling like it's more than 7% in her example, but she says you'll have a million by retirement. She also doesn't say if that's 65 or 70 in the quote I saw, but that's a little more doable, like something like $50 or $100 a month especially when you have these other loans and things that you might be paying off. But yeah, it really changes even in the just the 10 years into your 30s because you're losing the compounding capabilities. So I know a lot of Generation Xers, myself included, would tell millennials, like even if you just start with $25 a month or something like that, the smallest amounts can really add up. And if you start when you're younger, you really get that compounding. And then you might be like surprised after a little while and it gets kind of fun. And then you you can always add more later when you are making more and your career is is going the direction you want it to be. So Danny, what about you? I know um, I had you on before about just being a millennial investor. And that seems a little bit Maybe not out of the norm so much, but um, on the retirement side, you've decided to wait on that. Yeah, um, I didn't go down the traditional route. I honestly, I don't know much about IRAs. I don't know much about anything to those extents like CDs and stuff like that. Um, So I stayed away from them. They're a little intimidating in my opinion. I definitely see the benefit. 
but I decided to go down my own route and kind of, I guess, create my own type of funding for retirement. I mean, the money I'm saving for that account is something that I'm never going to touch. So it's the same principle that you can't get into the account. You can't touch it. Now, obviously, you have to have a little bit more willpower because you do have the ability to get into it. But the biggest thing that kind of made me stay away from it was because of that fact that I can't touch the money ever. And I am so young and there will be times when I'll have big expenses that, you know, I'll either want to get into a condo or a house or I want to buy a brand new car, you know, whatever that may be. I want to be able to have expendable funds at my, at my hand. So it's, it's something that that's keeping me away from putting a lot of money away. And yeah, yeah, I've gone different routes. Yeah. That is one of the differences with having an IRA account is that you can take it out, but they penalize you yeah. for taking it out before, you know, a certain age, which is much, much older. Mm-hmm. Um, and they let you, they do let you take it out without the penalty for first time home purchases, I think. I'm not sure if that's changed in the tax law or not, but they used to allow that. Okay. And they used to allow it for further education as well. Like if you went back to school, somehow you could take it out, but you had to pay it back in if you did take it out. So that's, it is a little more, yes, it's much more restrictive than you just have your own account and you can buy and sell and do whatever you want Mm -hmm. with it and take money out whenever you want. Yeah. So yes, that is prohibitive for some people for, you know, putting money in there because they are afraid, oh, I can't get that out. And the, Penalties are quite large. It's you they're know, up there in the, the double digits, yeah, I think. So it's, it's like a big percentage for you to go, oh, here's my money right. because I want some and it, it's mm-hmm. not worth it at the end of the day. Right. You know, your money, you've worked hard for that money and you've saved it for a long time. And it's like, why would I want to give it to you guys? Because I want a little bit of it out. Right. It's very counterintuitive to saving yeah. in mm-hmm. retirement. So. Yeah. Now, what about um, some of these, I call them kind of millennial trading apps that are out there now that we've discussed in the past. We've discussed the Acorn, which is the one where if you use your credit card and something's like a dollar fifty, you can have it round up to the nearest anything, I guess. Yeah, and, 70 and, cents, they'll take 30 cents yeah, out. You go 50 that, cents, they'll take 50. Yeah, out, and they so. put that in a trading account and that adds up and you can buy and sell stocks in there. But they're going to launch an IRA, they said. In early 2018, on their website, they already have like a frequently asked questions section. But it looks like it's going to come out of your paycheck on that one. But what about something like that where they make it, if they make it equally as easy for you to do, you still might not do it? Because you do Acorn, right? I do. Okay. um, If anybody listened to the last episode I was on, it did explain kind of I use it in an obscure way. Yeah. I use it as a, a way of saving money without thinking. I mean, it's almost like a an auto, well, it is an automatic deposit, but it's taking such a small amount. You, you, right. It's like getting a $5 lunch or whatever. So it's so small. Yeah. Don't think about it. And then all of a sudden you go to your account and you're like, hmm, you know, I, I know. got some Ooh, money here. There's like $300 in here. So, <laughs> yeah. So going down the route um, yeah. of the trading, I ended up taking that money and putting it into a Robinhood account. So oh, okay. I'm now playing on both sides I of see. long-term and short-term. I mean, it's too hard to stay away from it, Tracy, right now because... I mean, because you it's see what's so going good. On. Well, that was my other question. Very you guys, out there. yeah, you guys are investing at a time when it's maybe the best in 20 years on the stock market. Mm-hmm. Does that um, influence 
how you're saving for retirement at all? Do you do you want to do more, Maddie, because of how well it's doing? Or yes and no, uh, purely from an emotional standpoint, because beyond this amazing high we're seeing, I can't help but imagine a crash or a dip, and I don't want to see if I've put away a lot of money for retirement. I just I really am like scared of seeing that number get a really small, even though I spent ten years, let's say building it up slowly. Yeah. So that, you know, that always makes me hesitant, especially like to buy in when the market is so high if I want to look super long term. Yeah. But I I can only trust that markets generally go up and that if you especially with compounding, if you're putting away money that it will grow even if there are those dips. Yeah. Do you take do you look at your, your retirement account like often or how does that work? I look at it about once a month. Okay. Um, I actually wow. have a lot of it in cash right now. And so I'm I'm looking to get back into putting into it regularly. Okay. Uh, but yeah, I will check up on it periodically. Wow, that's that's a lot. See, I would be too nervous. I wouldn't look at it ever. <laughs> I'd just be like, I don't want to see how much is in there. I don't want to know anything about it. Kind of the yeah. out of sight, out of mind. Maybe, of, maybe that's kind of how I am. <laughs> I don't look for like months and months. No. One of my friends looks almost every day. She has it on her phone and she like checks it. And I'm like, Why? For the retirement one, the regular one, I could see right, if you were right. like going to buy or sell or yeah. you're, you're trading more often or or at least more. Mm-hmm. But she just, I don't know. It's interesting. Unless she's trying to retire tomorrow. I don't know. I, I don't think so. <laughs> she's a Gen X. So she's got some time. Yeah. Um, unless, I don't know. I mean, maybe maybe she doesn't. Maybe she's she's ready to go already. There's a lot of young kids out there with a lot of money. Lately, I know. You know. You look what about these, all those Bitcoin people? I was just going to say, yeah, uh, these Bitcoin finances. Yeah, the New York Times just had a whole bunch of twenty-somethings who they said they they wouldn't tell the reporter how much millions they had from the Bitcoin. Oh my but you know, maybe they should look into you their IRAs. Yeah, fund those IRAs, <laughs> yeah, Bitcoin put it people. Away. At least some of it. At least some. <laughs> right. Of it. Yeah. Well, I mean, the interest alone they could earn on that money is stupid. So I, yeah. I couldn't imagine them. Well, they they could easily. You always hear those. Uh, but they have to cash jack- out first. They do, but yeah. you know, I'd hope they were smart enough at some point to get some of it out. Yeah, but you, you don't know. You never know. So. Yeah, my friends who are afraid of investing, for, especially for the long term, because they don't think they have it because of like student loans or just earning paycheck to paycheck. Like they didn't realize how much money you can make by just putting it away, letting it compound. Yeah, I know it's scary for a lot of people to start because they think they're going to need that money right away, but. Right. Even just some of it, if you put it away, you can let it grow and you don't have to worry about it then. Yeah. I started really low and I didn't start until I was 28 for my retirement investing because I didn't get out of school till I was 28. <laughs> yes, I went long. Um, Good so, for you, Tracy. <laughs> yeah. So that, you know, would be considered kind of late by most of the advisors because they all try to get you all to be in there at age 25, at least mm-hmm. by 25. But I, I always tell people it's never too late. I even tell like some people, I know baby boomers who are like 60 or whatever, like, you know, you might not need the money until you're 70. So you could still fund stuff until you're 70. They let you fund an IRA. So wow. um, yeah, I don't think it's ever too late. To, you still could get some compounding in that amount of time. You're obviously, unless you're putting in a, you know, saving a ton of money, not going to most likely get to a million dollars in like a 10 year time period like that. But yeah, there's always, there's always time. I think those compound calculators are amazing, by the way. Yeah. That was one of the biggest things that opened my eyes and go, what am I doing putting my money in a savings account? When, like you said, the compound, it's like when you see those bars increase over the years, you're like, 
your eyes just go wide, your jaw drops, and you go, I want that money. So mm-hmm. it's okay. it's this almost is... a no-brainer when I did that. It was, yeah. This is a good sign. See, I feel like people are too negative on the millennial generation, like that you're not saving, you're not doing, you know, buying homes or, or in the stock market and all this stuff, but you are. I think that's misnomer. I agree. Yeah. Yeah. Now, Give what us some a, time, right? Right, exactly. <laughs> um, now, Maddie, you were in kind of like an artsy major in college, right? That's right. So what are your friends? Are they all like art, artsy? Yeah, I'm friends with a lot of people who majored in the humanities or the arts uh, or journalism. So they're, they're freelancing one way or another. They're doing okay. freelance writing jobs. They're supporting careers as artists by waiting tables, nannying, Ubering, yeah. working. Like There's so many different app-based service industry jobs you can find now that let you work on your own time. Yeah. So they're they're making money through their profession, and they're also making money, you know, the side hustle is what everyone calls it. But yeah, I, I'm friends with a lot of people who are both freelancing, hustling, and paying off all different kinds of student loan debt. Yeah. Do any of them, you said nobody really talks about retirement savings or anything like that. So do any of them ever mention it? I would say I, I talk to people about app-based investing, but okay, not but many not of retirement. my... Yeah, not many of my friends are the, the home-buying, retirement-saving type. Yeah. Well, that might change as they get a little older. Yeah. I know from my own perspective that we never really talked about... Gen X didn't really talk about retirement either until you get a little bit older, mm-hmm. then it's kind of like, is someone saving it? Or is someone not? And then then some more talks start to develop about it mm-hmm. because it's looming a little bit closer at that point. <laughs> yeah. But when we were younger, if anything, it was more like you might have talked about it at your job. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, did, you know, did you sign up for the 401k with you know the company or something like that? So you kind of knew that some people were signing up. But you didn't know, you know, the full thing. But now that so men, much retirement saving could can be done on your phone. Like mm-hmm. you don't even need to do. Um, I looked at Robinhood, and as I said, they're not yet offering the IRA, but I believe that they will because you guys want to do an IRA on that on that platform. So eventually, they'll figure out the regulatory stuff and be able to offer that probably on there too. But Fidelity, Vanguard, E-Trade, Schwab, obviously any of those you can set up an IRA and have it on your phone. So that just seems to make it so much easier for at least you guys to even just set up the account. And so many have low costs now. I mean, when I set up years ago, you were always paying, you at least could do it online (laughs) back in the day, but the costs, the fees were a lot more. And now they've wiped out almost all the fees, haven't they, on a lot of these accounts? Yeah, sure seems like it. So that makes it even easier. It's like a bidding war out there right now with all the brokerages. Is it? Do you get get offers, a lot of offers to like switch your account and stuff? I've seen Fidelity send me mail and I've gotten... Because you're at Schwab, right, Danny? Yeah, I'm at Schwab currently. Um... I can't remember off okay. the top of my head. But well, yeah, I've gotten from Fidelity. Okay. Um, they've definitely tried to get me to come over to them. They've We've got, you know, all these commission frees and yeah. blah, blah, blah. So. Normally they don't pay attention to people who, you know, have the paltry sums or who only want to <laughs> save. <laughs> That's like me, who only want to save the $100 a month or whatever. They're just like, eh. But I feel like these new apps like Robinhood and Acorn and these other ones 
are showing that there is a definite market there and that $100 a month turns into something. I mean, if you really follow Susie Ramon's plan, yeah. you could have a million dollars in there and that's nothing to sneeze at. Well, the wealth is going to be changing soon from the Gen X to us. So at some point, there's going to be a lot of money moving around. And I think these brokerages know that and they're going to get ahead of it. And I think that's where a lot of these price wars are coming from, especially with the it used to be like eight bucks to do a trade. Now it's four dollars. You Robin Hood's free. It's so it's kind of crazy right now where uh, where the trade and stock market is kind of going. So yeah, it's fun to watch it. Definitely. So yeah, I feel better now. I don't know <laughs> why. I just do. I thought this might be like a doom and gloom, like oh, you know, the millennials are doomed. But no, I feel like the millennials are much better positioned, like I said, than the Gen X is just because you have way more options than even we did. Although some of us are probably adopting, you know, the Robin Hood and, the, and maybe even the Acorn once they launch that IRA out of there, they'll have Gen X customers too. Now I took a look around at some of the stocks. So if you kind of want to play on this next generation and who's who's um, investing and what it might mean for like trading volumes and revenue for some of these companies. You can invest in say TG, TD Ameritrade. They are AMTD. Schwab is SCHW. E-Trade is ETFC. And I, I currently own E-Trade in the Insider Trader because some insiders bought in there in 2017 in anticipation. This low volatility market though has not been a a friend to some of these, but that might be changing as we move forward. So that's three ways. You can't invest in Acorn or Robinhood yet. Like neither one of those is public. So um, they're kind of off the scene. And then of course, there's just the general, you know, stock market tickers in general. If you want to buy the S&P 500, that's SPY and just the small caps, which are some of my favorites is IWM. Is it M or is it N? No, it's M. One is the small cap value and one is just the small caps. Well, we'll go with them. So yeah, I'm going to keep an eye on what's happening with the millennials because I feel like this is the future and it makes me more positive to know that they're investing and you guys are in these great market conditions. So it, it's kind of like some of the Generation X got the benefit of the 1980s and 1990s rally. And then some, like myself, came into investing right at the very end during the dot-com boom. And while that was fun, because it was, <laughs> it only lasted a couple of years and then it, it crashed and burned, as we know. So um, I feel like this is a little bit earlier and that means good things if you're compounding, you know, in your 20s here with this great stock market. So I'm going to keep an eye on that. And I thank Maddie and Danny for sharing their stories with us. It's always good. Um, I always scour the offices here at Saks for millennials for various, various reasons. Um, and they never disappoint. So I'm able to find some. Again, if you want to listen to our other podcasts on millennials, we've done quite a few here at the Market Edge. You can find them all on iTunes under Zach's Market Edge, of course. And the Value Investor is also stuck in there, too. I don't think I've covered any millennials on the Value Investor yet. Maybe I'll have to do that on the value side. But you can find them all on Zach's Market Edge. It's on iTunes or Apple Podcasts, as it's now called, and also on SoundCloud. So be sure to subscribe so you never miss an episode. And I'll see you again next time. 